Blog Talk Radio. in between. Live from Los Angeles, California, welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your host, Shaw McCain. I just love that intro. Thank you, Tucker Smallwood. Anyway, hi, I'm your host, Shaw McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show is created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow the Paranormal and Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. And we're also very proud to say we're translating to many different languages for our listeners outside the country, and we appreciate your notes. Thank you so much. The call-in number tonight is 619-924-9744, and the Paranormal and Sacred airs every single Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. During this show, I can take questions and order in chat. And you may call in with your questions, speak with our special guest tonight. And she's awesome. you got to be listening on this one. Anyway, uh, any buzzkillers in chat or on the phone will be similarly, similarly, well, anyway, you'll be kicked out. And I have a copy of your phone number and your information, and I'll call you back and bug you. So please play nice. No buzzkillers. Okay, so this is about Melinda's. I want to tell you about what she's got going on in Sedona. They do these night vision uh, look UFO, looking for UFOs, and it's like they have three military night vision goggles for seeing 20,000 times more light than is possible with a naked eye, and it increases your chances of having UFO sighting by, well, 20,000 times. We are certain, so certain we'll have sightings that they have a money-back guarantee. Anyway, they have military night vision goggles. It's in Sedona, Dark Sky City, so you can actually see what's going on up there. And then on her tours that she gives, Melinda Leslie, our guest tonight, gives these tours, and she's going to go to UFO hotspots and known for frequent sightings and also a vortex location where people experience kind of vortex energy that Sedona is famous for. If you really want to go to one of these awesome um, tours, uh, just sign up at the New Age Center anytime and uh, call 928-282-2085. Okay, let me say it again. I'm jumbling tonight. 928-282-2085. And the tours are $75 per person, and then uh, the fifth person in your group is free. So kids are not 14 under are always free. And um, she's awesome, very gregarious, and uh very knowledgeable person talking about UFOs and sightings and everything else. And then let's see for announcements. Uh, Sierra National Support Secret Support Group is meeting at the Secret Burbank location next Sunday at the usual secret time and usual secret place. And uh, that's all I can tell you. Anyway, it's next Sunday for those of you in the know that want to go. So see you over there. And of course, the lovely experiencer speaks. Is coming up in August 28th to 29th. You knew it was coming up this quick. It's going to be in Maine 
will save your money because you can fly on out to Maine and uh, see the experiencers speak. Uh, let's see. The phone number for that uh, thing is a uh, conference is 774-766-2558. That's going to be August 28th, 29th, that whole weekend at the Fireside Inn. And it's 81 at Riverside Street, Portland, Maine, 04103. And the number, again, is 774-766-2558 or email Starbarn at yahoo.com. And I'm going to tell you some of the folks are going to be available. Friday night for the VIP dinner and meet and greet is Reverend John Pope, Kathleen Martin, and Tom Reed. There's some awesome people. Uh, so 150 for the VIP package includes Friday night, all day Saturday, and, and then the $50 Saturday and the $20 single speaker. Anyway, and then Saturday, it's Mike McLaren, uh, Susan Chancellor, Ryan, I can't pronounce his last name, D. Rowan, Eric Mitchell, Denise Stoner, Grant Cameron, some of our wonderful friends, and Travis Walton. And, of course, the MC is Peter Robbins, who's always so fabulous and adds his his awesome panache to everything. And Travis will be screening the true story of Travis Walton. So get on over there to Maine. Anyway, and also, Melinda, we're going to talk about her psychic readings and things like that. So let me check out and see what's going on so far. Try to see if Melinda's checked in. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to call her into the show. It's about five after, so I think that she's ready for us. So let me make a little phone call, and if you're listening and uh, you know Melinda, tell her to call in, 619-924-9744. And let me see. Okay, let me try to do this, you know. You know, I'm producing this whole thing by myself, and you think that I wouldn't be scared that I've been doing it, you know, for three years. On Halloween, it'll be three years, but you know what? I get scared because when you're at the buttons, you know, people from old school think you're going to blow up the whole world. And uh, when you press a button, who knows what's going to happen? So far, I haven't killed the world, and California seems to be okay. Well, sort of okay. Anyway, I love it here. The weather is beautiful, and uh, I'm just doing this. So let me just give her a call and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I gotta get that Jeopardy music. Oh, that's another song. Anyway, let me call her in. Hello. Hi, is this uh, Melinda Leslie? Yes, it is. Hello, is you're Charlene? Live with Paranormal and Sacred. <laughs> I called you in straight to the show because I was looking. I couldn't see your uh, phone number on the thing yet, so we're calling you. You know, we do that around here. Okay, well, I, 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 when I hadn't heard from you, I admit, I turned on my computer and said, I better look to see if I have an instant message because I was wondering why I hadn't heard from you. And then I saw that you had given me a phone number, and I was just going to dial it when my phone rang. So there we go. See, how about, how about that? So, uh, Melinda Leslie, I've been bragging on you, and uh, I do want to read a little bit about your background and everything. And uh, I'm just really excited to have you on the show tonight because we've been friends through a mutual support group that we go to as we're mm-hmm. both experiencers. And it's been uh, quite an extraordinary experience. And uh, I want to just tell you, uh, let me just introduce you, Melinda Leslie. You know, uh, she's going to update us on our latest research and how covert military programs are 
reverse engineering extraterrestrial abductees for the information to be used in both ETs, technology, and covert ops personnel development programs. And she explains how the management of ET and information includes monitoring, reabduction. I really don't like to say that word, reabduction, interrogation, yeah. and recruitment of alien abductees in covert programs. And and this is all called My Labs, and we hear a lot about it, and she's going to be talking about that tonight. And she's gone public with her own abduction experiences, and she has uh, researched the military involvement in abductions for over 23 years and is currently writing a book detailing her research, which is awesome. And I was explaining to everybody, you're also uh, been, uh, you have, you're working at a center and you do tours, and that yeah. you also work for the uh, Psychic Sedona uh, New Age uh, program they've got going over there. So uh, we just want to welcome you aboard. And um, can you just give us some some of your background? Like where you, we kind of traditionally ask where where you were raised and and things like that. Oh what, sure, sure. Well, growing up. Sure. Uh, born and raised in Southern California, uh, Palos Verdes, California, to be exact, which is just a little north of the LA area on the coast there. And uh, born and raised there, went to moved to Irvine in high school, went to Irvine High, which is in Orange County, and then continued to kind of bounce around all over Orange County till I moved to Sedona, Arizona uh, about four and a half years ago, or uh, almost five years ago. I remember when you, I remember when you moved, and it was like, to me, it was like a scary move, and it took a lot of courage for you to do that, but you've actually found your people there. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, you know, I, I, I was so in, ingrained in Orange County, both in my involvement in CIRO, Close Encounter Resource Organization, along with, you know, you and Yvonne and everyone, and uh, and so involved in that, and then, and very involved in MUFON Orange County, uh, Mutual UFO Network Orange County, and a few years previous to that, involved in, in LA, you know, MUFON as well, but really, uh, in the last couple of years before moving, I wasn't involved, or I wasn't going up there. I was just involved in Orange County. But, you know, and I had a lot of friends. I had been there since high school. I went to Orange Coast College. I, you know, so I was very ingrained. But um, it, back in 1985, I came out here to Sedona, and, and uh, I think it was my second trip here, which I think was in 1987 over the infamous, you know, harmonic convergence, that I really said, one day I really want to live here. And I always had that dream and thought, well, if it came together, was financially feasible, or if I could think of a business to do out here, I would. Well, then about five years ago, everything in my life lined up and came together. Like you said, it took courage. It was a giant leap of faith to come out here. And, and I moved out here to start the business I now have. Well, a couple of things, but pre predominantly it's, well, it's kind of a twofold business predominantly. One is taking people out with military night vision goggles to have UFO sightings, of which my tour last night was number 457. So I've taken out 457 wow. tours. Yeah, wow, yeah. <laughs> That's a good response, exactly. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then you don't have right now. Go ahead. And, and then also uh, to do readings, you know, which um, uh, psychic rings, which I had kind of done on and off ever since high school, really. And uh, and kind of you know jump into that full time as well. But uh, the really the thing I really came out to start up again was the uh, the 
the UFO sighting tours. So, um, and it's it's been re- very rewarding and very very fun. And that's kind of that's kind of all it in a nutshell. <laughs> well, what is your uh, what has been your findings? Because uh, you've gone on a lot of tours, and uh, has anybody had you know experiences out there or or what's tell us uh, kind of describe it to us? Well, sure, sure. Um, uh, <clears throat> on the tours, as I said, I take people out with military night vision goggles. In 457 tours, only once did I have clients feel they didn't have a sighting. And I actually have a money-back guarantee that if people actually went out with me and didn't see anything, they'd get their money back. Um, only oh. once, like I said, only once did I have clients feel they didn't have a sighting. It was kind of two elderly couples. I offered them at the end of the evening. I said, gosh, I'm really sorry. It's been so slow and this and that. And I said, well, I owe you guys a full refund. And they talked amongst themselves, came back to me and said, we refused the refund. We had such a good time. We would never do that to you. And they refused the refund. So I only had to offer the refund once, and I've never had to make good on it. <laughs> but wow. the deal stands. Yeah, yeah. The but deal the, deal, the deal stands. You know, if people came out with me and we really didn't see anything, I'd give them a refund. And as soon as people go, oh, my God, that was incredible, I usually turn to them and go, no refund for you. <laughs> right. So as soon as they say, well, wow, that thing I just saw, you know. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, the, like I said, deal still stands. So, um, but what we're seeing now, um, I usually tell my clients, don't expect to see structured craft like a big disc, a big triangle, a cigar-shaped ship or something. We have seen fully structured craft and very close to us on 11 tours. All the, on 11 of the, you know, 457. All the other tours, we are seeing things at high altitude. Although, for instance, night before last, I had a tour last night and the night before and the night before that, a couple in a row. Um, but night before last, we had a large amber, you know, orange and classic color for UFO sightings. Um, a large amber light come down very low, very bright, um, go right over us very fast, and then shoot up and shoot off. And my clients and I were all discussing if that thing had been any closer, we would have seen shape. But it was just a big bright light. So I don't say structure unless we can see a defined shape, you know, and, and actually see structure yeah. or metallic craft or something. So, um, But it was a big light, very, very close. And like I said, uh, if it had been any closer, I'm sure we would have have made out a shape. And it was just a big amber light. So that was a a terrific sighting. But the majority of what we see are lights at high altitude. But I educate everyone when I take them out on planes and shooting stars and satellites. So you know when you're seeing planes, you know when you're seeing shooting stars, which are, you know, meteorites entering the atmosphere, or you're seeing satellites. And um, and then we're left with things where we can rule those things out. So if we can say clearly not a satellite, clearly not a plane, clearly not a shooting star, then we're left with unknowns. And um, lately, my clients have kind of consistently been feeling that they've seen, you know, well over 20 or well over 30 every night, you know. Um, and I don't know, people often ask me, are you suddenly having more sightings recently than in the past or something. Not necessarily. We've always kind of had those numbers. I will say this. As I've done more tours, I've gotten better at instructing people and showing them and 
telling them what to look for, this kind of thing. So I think our sightings are going up just because we're getting better at it, <laughs> not necessarily because there's an increase in activity. But I also can't rule out that there is an increase in activity as well. Um, also, like last night and the night before, last two nights in a row, we saw three things in unison. Now, again, lights at high altitude, but three in a triangle formation. And two nights ago, <clears throat> they were at a pretty dis you know, large distance from, the other, from each other. At arm's length, I would say that they looked like they were you know, two or three inches apart from each other, but clearly locked in a triangle formation, moving in sync, you know, in a formation. But last night, they were close. At arm's length, they were only about an eighth of an inch apart from each other or, or less. They were very close together uh, at arm's length in three separate items, again, flying in, in unison. So, and, and that actually happens about one in every, you know, I usually tell my clients, one in every 10 to 20 tours will get a triple. There's no absolute. And as it, you know, and every once in a while we get it multiple nights in a row like we just did. So last two nights in a row we had triples, and I and I love that because, you know, that's one of those things that impresses my clients. Um, also lately we've had things going very fast. I mean, satellites go very slow. They're at a very specific speed. As soon as we see something go, you know, sig significantly faster, it clearly rules out satellite. And we've had some very very fast things recently. Um, very fast. We had one last night that was low, and we were out later than I thought we were. Um, and normally, I take people out in the first two hours after sunset because we have the angle, the sunlight illuminating stuff, and we're, we see more stuff because of the angle of the sun. Even though it's dark where we are, the shadow of the Earth isn't extending very far out, so you know that's when we have the most sightings. And I tend to tell people we had the most sightings in the first hour after sunset, and then it tapers off. Well, last night we were out, you know, normally that two-hour window would end now here in Sedona. It's getting dark by about close to about 8.30. So by 10.30 mm -hmm. you'd be done with that window or even 10.15. Well, it was like we were out till like 11, and it was just a few minutes before 11, maybe like 10 till or something, and we saw this thing low and fast. So this was probably then something self-luminous, you know, as opposed to reflecting sunlight. And it was going super fast. But what was weird, and I'd never seen this before, now planes have a very succinct, specific blinking pattern. And military jets or any kind of military plane have another kind, and I educate everyone on that. So this thing, though, was strobing very rapidly and extremely fast. And it was just going... Blink, 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 like that. I mean, really fast strobe. And, uh, and the whole time, as it flew by so fast, and then right after it passed us in, uh, in a hill range not far from us, a mountain range, it started to pass that. In comes a military jet. Now, we get a lot of military jets in the air around here. We're oh, yeah. Phoenix and Luke Air Force Base is only, you know, an hour and a half away as the crow flies or maybe two hours. So we do constantly have military jets. I think that happens everywhere, but our probably our proximity to Luke, we have a lot of them. And all night long, we had seen some military jets and commercial private aircraft. But all of a sudden, this jet is following directly behind. Not immediately. There was a distance. But here this thing goes zooming by. Boom. Here comes the jet. And we were like, ah. <laughs> maybe it wasn't following it, but maybe it was. <laughs> it kind of looked like it was. So it was very interesting. But anyway, so we always see a variety of stuff. I mean, 
I have a high-powered laser I take out, and I point stuff out to people. <clears throat> of course, I'm very careful not to point at planes. Yeah. It's illegal and dangerous. But I, I, I will flash at stuff, and we get things that flash back. Night before last, we had this one, and I'm going to quote my clients. The group of clients I had out night before last said, it shot back at us like it had a flashlight turned on us. <laughs> I'm quoting them. So um, it really was like it beamed back at us. We we had this bright flash clearly directed right at us. And this craft did that multiple times when we were flashing the laser at it. And so, uh, you know, it's just, it's just phenomenal. I never dreamt in a million years when I started doing these tours that we'd have as many sightings and the quality of sightings that we have. And I'm very blessed that my clients go on TripAdvisor and write amazing reviews for me. I'm really blessed. Awesome. Yeah. Because it took you to, you know, it just took off. And, uh, yeah. you know, you've been busy all the time. And uh, so how how long do these uh, little treks last? Well, I always have people meet me at sunset for the most part. Right now it's at 7.30, although sunset isn't until sometime after 8. But I have them meet me and then we can... You know, we meet at the Center for the New Age, and that's where I do my readings and my tours out of. And the Center for the New Age is, for those of you who are familiar with Sedona, it's immediately across the street from Tlacopaki, which is kind of a Spanish-style, very popular tourist kind of shopping center. And that's on 179, right, like a block right before Highway 179 ends at Highway 89A. And so we're right there. It's a big purple building with a mural on the end. So, again, if people have been here, they've probably been there or at least driven by it. And that's why I have people meet me. And then um, when we get out to the viewing location, we view for about 10 about I'm sorry, about two hours. So right now I tell people, you know, they meet me at like 7.30 and we view from like 8.30 to 10.30. So I tell people, yeah. you know, so usually I tell people it's like a three-hour window time that you're with me but we're definitely viewing for a good two hours. Occasionally, when we're having a lot happen, sometimes we'll stay out a little later and keep viewing, even though usually because of the loss of the angle of the sun, it usually tapers off as it gets later. Um, and last night it certainly did, but I was glad we stayed because we were able to see the three things in unison, which happened fairly late, and that fast one. Um, the night before, we were also out late, but that's because we kept having so much stuff happen. So we went to like 11 because we were having continual sightings, you know. And so uh, uh, I, I never know what we're going to get. And I admit, you know, some nights are a little more mundane, not as amazing, and some nights are mm-hmm. off the hook. And, of course, those 11 times we've seen fully structured, uh, sometimes, sorry, fully structured craft, that's been, you know, of course, that's what you dream for. But even the three in unison, that's pretty dramatic as well. So I always like when that happens. Well, this is like a fearless activity because uh, I really have never gone looking for any UFO because you know they come to me, right? So I would yes. not, it's like it's just like looking for your uh, your abductor. You know what I mean? So sure. I have very hesitant about this. I'm but I'm always staring at the sky as I bet every abductee is. You know, just always looking mm-hmm. and staring. But um, uh, is anybody ever afraid, or if they did they see the structure, what was their emotional reactions, or or did you notice any thinking changes or anything well, yeah. from anybody there? Yes, all the above. <laughs> um, okay. uh, people have. Um, I've had people become afraid and decide not to go. 
um, there's only really been twice that I've had people um, literally like show up and then pull out at the last minute. I've had people mm-hmm. book with me and then maybe cancel in advance. Now, a lot of times, you know, I, I ask people why. but And sometimes I've had a few people just not show up. That's pretty rare. But only twice mm-hmm. did I have people actually show up to meet with me. Like, they, you know, they paid, they showed up to meet with me, and and then they changed their mind. And and that just strikes me as odd because anyone who and I tell them I said look read you know read my read my trip advisor reviews you'll see that it's fun there's nothing scary about it you know there's it, it, nothing scary and probably what helps is that we are seeing things predominantly at quite a distance and so there's a feeling of kind of being removed from it you know that yeah. that makes people feel safe I've had a few few people come out with me uh, you know nervous but since we start having sightings they instantly relax. They're like, oh, yeah, this is fun. This is no big deal. And uh, and then I've had a few people, it's pretty funny, but I've had a few people obviously maybe, you know, went out to dinner beforehand and had a few drinks oh, <laughs> because no. they were nervous. Yeah. But luckily, only once did I have someone um, belligerent or obnoxiously drunk in a negative way. I've had, uh, If people have done that, they've been funny, you know. And I've had a lot of people come kind of, Funny drunk, you know, but uh, only once did I have a guy kind of a jerk because he had drank. But I think it didn't have to do with my tour. I think he just did that in general, truth be told. Yeah. And uh, um, but he was kind of a jerk, and he had a family with him, and the and he was actually the oh, boyfriend wow. of the mom, and the mom had her kids, and the kids were like teenagers. And one of the kids pulled me aside that night and said, "Uh, don't worry, this is how he is. We're cool." Because I kept being really worried for their sake, you know, just his behavior. Yeah, but they were like, we just ignore him. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, a, it's like a 14-year-old kid pulling me aside saying, ignore him, that's what we do, you know. <laughs> so I felt bad. Wow. But, and anyhow, so anyways, but, but, but otherwise, so going back to your question, though, um, uh, again, when people are out there and they start seeing him, it's not, it's not scary. And all the times, you know, we've seen structured craft, um, those people have been excited and very grateful. Um, um, later, they told me it, it, over days and over weeks it had quite an impact on them. I've had people even say that about the nights that I thought were more mundane. I've heard from them later. Often people have posted stuff um, on Facebook or, or on my website, um, for instance, saying or have emailed me or something, saying something like, you know, it, it led to our having some really in-depth discussions and and rethinking our relationship to the universe and stuff, you know. So that's that's always nice when I get that feedback. I have had people have paradigm changes for sure, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and then it's very affirming if somebody has had a previous experience or sighting. Having the sightings is very affirming. It's you know, and I can tell that those people. I mean, that's what it is for me as well. So I understand when I get that reaction from people. Um, of course, I've had a few very skeptical people come out. Um, I've had some skeptical people have very profound experiences and profound belief system changes. Um, a few people that come out skeptical, they realize they've seen something, but like I, um, a gentleman at the end of last night made a comment, um, uh, and then uh, uh, some recent maybe Facebook posts, even though they were, I mean, not Facebook posts, I'm sorry, um, TripAdvisor posts, 
even though they were really good reviews and gave me five stars, et cetera, et cetera. But they they were making comment like, well, we're not completely sure, you know, like, yeah. you know, we, I don't know if we've been 100% convinced, but we definitely saw some things we couldn't account for, and they clearly weren't satellite planes or shooting stars, you know. And so when people said something like that, I'm like, well, what did you think you saw? You saw something make a right-angle turn. You know, <laughs> tell me what it was, you know. And anyway, so, um, and well, so you know, some people, people they're like just... anyway. Like, yeah, uh, then you got it. We even okay. Like you'll you'll be abducted. You'll see something with you know close up with your own eyes, and then you'll even doubt that. You yeah. Know, so this doubt, I think, is like goes along with the whole package. But, but I have a lot of people. Like um um about a week ago, I had taken out a big group of about ten people, young crowd. Um. You know, uh, I would say they were ranging from like mid twenties to mid forties in this crowd. A lot of people in like their 30s. I didn't ask exact ages, but I think late 20s, early 30s on a lot of them. And they were a big crowd traveling together, like a, a family plus friends of the family, that kind of thing. And we went out and did it. And this one young guy, I'd place him in his, like, again, I'm not sure, late 20s, early 30s, so 30, give or take. Um, afterwards, came up to me and said, the other folks, you know, everyone else said, I should probably come tell you this. He said, I was really the resident skeptic, hardcore, you know. Mm-hmm. And he said, but I definitely, and, you know, I'm approaching because everyone said you should go tell her that. And he said, I was just telling them how I'm not skeptic anymore. You showed me things that clearly weren't, you know, playing satellite shooting stars, clearly were under intelligent control. And um, and he said, I know there's nothing else, you know, that that can account for that. Uh, you know, and and so um, it was telling me about the few things that night that had really, you know, kind of gone a long ways to convince him. And that was so nice. And I said, thank you, because, you know, so many times I feel like maybe I'm not hearing that from people or I'm not, yeah. you know. And I said, for you, to, to I mean, you were there having a good time with everyone, joking with everyone. Right. But I said, right. you know, for you to come up to me afterwards and say, I was very skeptic, but thank you for showing me I was wrong, you know, kind of thing. And and that was really, really nice to have have that response. It's you know, nice, but I you but, know what, Melinda, you stick your neck out way here out here because a lot of people uh could be scoffing, but what's happening is is that we're getting more and more awareness and actually people are being more open about their experiences. So this is just this couldn't happen at a better time. Yeah. It fits, and it's so it fits to it's so rewarding. Yeah. It's so rewarding when I get, when I can see or I hear from people or they post something, you know, later um, that they have like a paradigm change, you know. And when I see people do that and I see the effect it has on people. And it's, you know, so sometimes some of the more skeptical people are even more rewarding to take out because they're the ones that go, whoa, you know, and have and have that happen. But um, it's uh, it, it's it's really fun. You know, I knew... When I started doing it, we'd have sightings. Like I said, I didn't dream we'd have this many or the quality. Um, and then also, you know, and I knew because the effect sightings have on me and other people I'd been with previous to doing this business. So, you know, I knew it would have an effect. But it's so rewarding to see every night profound effects on people, you know, and, and that becomes the real motivation and then I need my fix. I mean, night before last with such incredible sightings, 
that I admit last night I ended up being a little let down because it was a, a slower more mundane. And I learned I have to like not say that to my clients. You know, my clients are happy right. if they see anything, you know. But I felt like I was kind of expecting to be like the night before, and I know better. I mean, you know, I've done this so many times. But I kind of got caught up in it, you know. Now, luckily, late last night, we, you know, we had that really fast one, and then we also had three in unison. So to me, that was like, okay, that, you know. And there's times in the past when if we had had three in unison that night, my clients would have stood on their head, you know. So, and it's kind of funny. There's, there's times when we've seen really fast things and really low bright things, and I've had people go, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's incredible, you know, and say stuff during it. And then there's other times where I'll take people and they kind of shrug their shoulders or something makes a right angle turn and they kind of go, eh, and I'm looking at them like, eh. <laughs> I think clients that would blow Star their Wars, mind, okay. you know. <laughs> you know, well, so you know, it's just funny. Sometimes you need to be here, I'm here with a hammer, that's why. Those kind of people, they're not realizing that that angle is so steep. It's impossible for any craft we have to do that, even a helicopter or anything else. They can't do that kind of maneuver. Well, well and so I'm going to say, I'm going to say something that's probably not going to be surprising to you or, or your listening audience. Definitely, in 457 tours, I can say unequivocally that there is a direct relationship to the consciousness and awareness of my clients and the kind of sightings we have. And I agree. And and it, it, it has proven itself over and over again. I mean after the first year of doing it, if you'd brought that up I'd go, well maybe sometimes but not really uh, you know. I can say yeah. now <laughs> without a doubt. If and it's not whether they believe in it or not. That has nothing to do with it or whether they've had a, a, a experience before it's literally like their energy their vibration that night if they come and they're in a good mood they're mellow they're inquisitive in the right way you know i i, I just now i when i meet my clients i talk to them when we go out at the beginning of the you know evening and i start talking to them it's like i have a sense right away what kind of evening we're going to have yeah and uh and and, uh, and, you know, maybe another time that person would be in the right vibration and it, it, it'd be better, you know. And then there's times. And so those nights when we have the structured craft and stuff, I've got incredible crowds with me. You know, they're hooting and hollering. They're excited. And, you know, and it's like, and uh, it's, it's just, I, I, I can't explain it other than in doing all these tours, it's like it's, it's so obvious. And uh, and and there's there's absolutely a direct correlation. And and like I said, it has more to do maybe you know to say their consciousness. It's more like just their energy that night, their their attitude, um, etc. Well, I think you know? it makes all the difference in the world. It's like if uh, on anything, if you go in with a positive expectation, you know, you're actually putting out that. Uh, maybe even on a quantum level, out the yeah. kind of uh, entrance into experiencing things. Because I've noticed I've had, uh, it depends on my attitude, I have a much better flow in the world than if I'm coming yeah. in negative and uh, have a wall well, up. I'm, you know, you know I'm, I'm a, it's like you're, yeah, you're in yeah. a Zen thing. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a big proponent of the law of attraction, you know, and yeah. what you put out energetically is what you attract to you. And, and, 
but to have, because you think, okay, you know, we're having these sightings. You know, most of them are a very high distance away from us. And it's like, how would something, you know, up there in a physical craft thousands or tens of thousands of feet or where, you know, how would it have an, an understanding? But believe me, <laughs> obviously they do because the, the attitude, the consciousness, the energy my clients have that night has everything to do with it. And, um, you know, now now sometimes I really think, oh, these are great clients. We're going to have an amazing evening. And, it's, and it's, it'll be a good evening, but not maybe that incredible. Um, but it seems like all those times, I mean, I'm just noticing a direct correlation. It's more like the times where I know the people are off or their attitude's not there or, you, you know, whatever, um, are usually the nights that are more mundane. And uh, I, I just, all I can say is I've seen a direct correlation. It's, been, it's proven itself over and over again. And I know when people meet me, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, some people are hard to read at first. You meet them and then they open up down in the tour, you know. And right. uh, But a lot of times I get a, a general sense pretty early on, you know, like within the first half hour I'm with people. Um, or even if they've called me and talked to me on the phone ahead of time or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just interesting that that's proven itself well, what, so significantly well, over and over again. Well, what is the weather uh, people are to expect? It's an evening in the desert. Uh, what's the temperatures at night there in Sedona? Well, well, we're we're high desert here in in Sedona. Um, right. You know, I moved here from Newport Beach. You know, and out in Orange County. So you know, all I can say is it's the same as there <laughs> for the most part. Oh wow, um, beautiful. We have about the same range. I mean, in the winter, yeah, we can get ten or twenty degrees colder on some days in the winter. And but like in the summer, we're because we're, we're high desert. We're not like, you know, Phoenix area. Um, so we don't get those blistering 120, 125. We don't get that up here. About the hottest it ever gets is about 102. And like in, in towards the end of June, um, I think there were like two weeks where we maybe had a couple of days where it got up that high. Um, lately, it's been in the high 80s, low 90s during the day. Mm-hmm. It can cool off a lot at night. Um, I would say mm-hmm. lately it's been in the 60s at night, but you know, like in the spring, it might be in the 80s at the, during the day, and it might be 40 at night. You know, so. Yeah. Um, but again, that's you know, that's kind of the same range. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's maybe 10 degrees up or 10 degrees down from some days in Southern California, but otherwise, I'd say it's about the same. Sounds I really I worried coming here if it would be hotter most of the time. No, I have found it. You know, this summer we've had some warm days, but again, it's been like in the 90s. It hasn't really been too bad. Yeah, not 120 like Phoenix. But oh, God, <laughs> never, never. No, the hottest it gets here is like 102. Yeah. But there are a lot of times in Orange County when it was 102. So it's the same thing. Yeah, like when the San Ana, you know, same thing. Yeah. Um, now, uh, we're talking that there is military bases nearby and Sometimes I feel the airports, military base, everything, kind of the ATs are kind of attracted to them. And uh, you want, I want to talk about uh, the uh, military abductions and this purpose sure. behind it and what people are experiencing. Because uh, people have said, they, they said that word to me, my lab. And every time they say it, I, I don't know if to be offended or what, <laughs> what to say, because I don't know, you know what I mean. 
I don't know why they're saying it. So can you yeah, um, us to... Yeah, well, you know, I, I've come doing this research now for a long time. I, I went public with my alien abduction experiences maybe 24, 25 years ago, about 25 years now, mm-hmm. and and I've been doing the, my lab, you know, covert ops involvement for about 23 years um, and uh, and worked with just so many cases. Uh, I'll just clarify for your honest, I'm not a hypnotherapist, I'm not a therapist of any kind, I'm just, I'm an experiencer and a researcher investigator. So I've researched, investigated, interviewed people with experiences and researchers who have many cases of people with experiences. And kind of by default, um, because either people pulling out of the field or uh, unfortunately passing away, I'm kind of last man standing. <laughs> but I'm certainly not alone. I would certainly say Katarina Wilson and Joe Montaldo, you know, are, are involved in this as, as far as researchers as well. Um, yes. But but I'm and and maybe Laurie and Fenton, you know. But I'm kind of like I'm out there more than a lot and and known for doing this research in the community. And when I get a book done, I think that's really going to propel that. But um, just, you know, because it just will. That's just how it works. Um, but um, anyway, so but what I started to say is, to me, the term mill lab or my lab has become so limiting. And a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people in the abduction community instantly assume it means being abducted by the military. And it's like, First off, there's a lot of things wrong even with that, but um, everything from, yes, it could be covert military, but it could be covert intelligence, it could be private agencies, it could be contracted agencies, you know, unlike, to say it's all military isn't right. And then it's more than just being abducted by them. There's this whole harassment, surveillance, monitoring. They're, They're huge. I'll just say this. That's why I call it covert human involvement. It's it's definitely covert agency. It's definitely human. I mean, I, I'm not saying people don't have alien abductions. Lord knows I don't want anyone thinking that. My research specifically focus, focuses on people who've had alien abduction who then get targeted by these agencies. And when I say agencies, I mean by covert humans, you know, whether they're an individual or an agency, whether they're military, government, intelligence, I don't care. If they're, if they're a human being operating in a covert capacity, who have an interest in you because you've had alien abduction. <laughs> so, you know, and and with that, yes, some of them are abductions by the military and some of them are abductions by other agencies. But also a lot of, a lot of abductees just have all sorts of forms of uh, what do you call harassment or surveillance or monitoring mm-hmm. or intimidation and maybe don't get the quote, you know, re-abduction, like you said earlier. I know re-abduction is hard, you know, with that term, but to me it's like getting picked up again. Well, of course, you can get picked up again and again by ETs, but but also by uh, covert humans. Um, you know, it's so funny, we're even talking about this. I have just recently been working very diligently. Um, I've been asked by some people in association with FREE, F-R-E-E, the what's it, Foundation mm-hmm. for Research and Extraterrestrial Experiences. Uh, <clears throat> I've been talking with mostly with Kathleen Martin uh, and a little bit with uh, Ray Hernandez. Um, mm-hmm. But I was requested probably a year or two ago to provide some my lab related questions for their surveys. And I was busy at the time, and I maybe did a little, but didn't, re- you know, I just gave them the pat answer kind of thing. 
and and kind of regretted. Well, it's come up again recently, and Kathleen Martin and her husband were in Sedona just on vacation, and she called me and said, I'm going to Sedona, we should get together. So we did one day, and we went and had lunch, and we ended up spending like four hours. I went back to her timeshare with her, and we talked at great length, and every time we'd ever met previous to that was just in passing, you know, so I knew her well. We'd had discussions, but you know, none over half an hour or even 20 minutes, you know. So it was really nice to sit down and actually talk for a length of time. And she said she's also involved now with the board um, with MUFON, um, the abduction, I should say, abduction research board. I'm not sure who else is on that and everything. I should probably look it up. And and if anyone else out there is involved, feel free to contact me and tell me all about it. I'm very good friends with Jan Harzan, so I can call him and say, what all are they doing? Um, But regardless, uh, uh, so she's involved on both boards for free. She's on free and she's on MUFON uh, doing a, as an abduction research board on both cases. And she said both groups would really like your questions and your information. And so she put me in touch with Ray Hernandez and I had a nice conversation with him. And so it really got me started. So that was a long background explanation just to say I've been putting these questions together. Now years ago when I would interview people and I would sit and do you know, everything from an hour up to about six-hour-long interviews with people about their uh, covert involvement experiences. And I had a list of questions, about 75 or 80 questions. But last time I updated that was probably 12 years ago, and I've been meaning and meaning to work on it and take some stuff off and add because so much more has been happening in my research in, like, even last five years. It's just so much has gone on and so many new developments and areas. So so I ended up re working the questionnaire. And I'm just about done. And it's it's, it's 90 very in-depth questions. <laughs> and I'm not sure that, you know, Free or MUFON will put that many out in their surveys. I can give them all of them, but I think I'm going to highlight the ones that I think, you know, I'm going to say the highlighted ones you, you must include. I mean, you'd, you'd be at fault not to, you know. And, uh, but, uh, you know, in a perfect world, and certainly when I interview people, I'm going to use all 90. But I also tried to do it for the survey, like you can just say yes, no, yes, no, click, click, you know, and maybe there'd be a drop-down list of things and you'd click this list of things, you know. And uh, But it's also been very interesting because I had to go over all my data, go over all my lecture notes and PowerPoints, and, and you know, I've really put some extensive work to really try to make it uh, comprehensive to make it very telling to get a real and I and I know when I provide it to these two research organizations to their abduction research boards that it's going to surprise the hell out of them. <laughs> I think That's it will. Great. Yeah, and I, I, I but I feel really have, really proud of it. Yeah, you have a, a distinct and uh, purpose. I noticed that um, that. Uh, we belong to a really huge group of people now, like a, a huge network of people all over the United States, personally. Well, you know, I know mm-hmm. Kathleen Martin, and, yeah. uh, this. you know, we all know each other, and uh, we've got this network, and we're all kind of unique. It's not like we're all, like, on the same exact page with things. We have different, oh, no, not we at have all. different experiences. Yeah. We have different talents, and we're all coming together, you know, almost just in a beautiful way. I mean, I'm never mm-hmm. getting sick of talking uh, to people that are are involved like this, you know, because we're all like, like you said, you're working on these detailed questions. There's a reason for that. I see the reason is because uh, 
uh, okay, you said something here about uh, being people being uh, interrogated. Now yes. I had to look at what you meant by that word, and I thought, okay, asking questions. So yes. I have had experiences where I've been asked questions by both uh, human-seeming people and alien people, you know, asking mm-hmm. questions, and there would be mm-hmm. more of a – and the questions are just so odd. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. like uh, – do you know what I'm talking about? Can you come over? Yes. Have you heard about people saying stuff like this? That they're mostly oh, yes. asking – like ethical questions, really, you know, and well, things that make yes. you sick and stuff like that. Yes, um, and certainly in the alien abductions, um, that line of questioning. I admit my questionnaire, um, I could probably pull it up and look at some stuff, but um, and, and maybe I'll start to do that even while I'm talking, um, okay, is, um, I had my computer up, but I left it alone for a while, and it might have, yep, it did, shut up. <laughs> All right, we'll get it going. And um, for instance, you know, in the interrogation, I have everything from a list of things of what did the interrogation environment look like <clears throat> and a list yeah. of things that have been reported to me over and over and over and over again, you know. So each of the things on that list has probably been reported to me, if it, you know, 20, 30, 40, maybe even 100 times each, you know. Okay, and so I've, I have, never, okay, I've never seen this list, but I can tell you some of the things that are on the question. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Did you and then I also have, like, yeah. was it on you, you're on a table, a tall white table, where you, you know, yeah, I yeah. could just go through the whole thing because we all say the same thing because it's happening yeah. to everybody. Yeah, yeah. and and so, like, you know, and I have, you know, what did the interrogation environment look like? I have um, what were the interrogators wearing, you know, um, um, and it starts off, like my questionnaire starts off with this, oh, I should probably tell you, I d- divide it, in fact, I'm going to, look, that's my Facebook page, I'm going to put that down, I'm going to bring up the questionnaire. Um, mm-hmm. It starts off, like I have categories, and again, I'm emphasizing people who have the covert, you know, human involvement, but the first right. whole category is is called, the first, you know, subtitle is, ET abduction events related to possible covert human involvement. So it starts with in your ET experiences, in your extraterrestrial abductions or contact experiences, because I would quickly, you know, always say both. Make everybody happy out there. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it isn't. Um, you know, yes, experience your abductee, contact the abductee. You know, it's like, really? Okay. Yes, but, um, and, you know, and so it's like the first thing is, you know, um, questions related to your ET abductions that I have learned are suggestive or related to a, a covert involvement. And uh, and so I go through that whole section and then and then I'm gonna scroll down here. So like that's the first section is all from the point of view of your extraterrestrial abductions. And then the next section is covert human abduction events. So these are ones that actually involve well, give you us know, just a couple people. Like would you let loose with just a couple? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah I'm yeah. happy to. Oh, oh, oh. And it's, it's fun to share this now, you know, yeah. because uh, yeah. because this is something I've been I've been pouring countless hours to the almost. Uh oh, we're losing you a little bit. Just turn your your oh, oh darn it. So let me, because I know she's doing two things at once. So what I'm going to do. 
is uh, call her. Okay, so let's call once again. And there it is. This blog talk radio has things set up in the screening room right so perfect. Her number was still available. And I was just trying to call you too. <laughs> Hi, that's cool. Okay, go okay. ahead. Well, that I don't know if I hit a button, which I might have, because yeah, I admit okay. I'm doing this on a cell phone because that's all I have. Yeah, um, that's all everybody has. Yeah, so what yeah. What are some of the questions? I, okay, so for instance, it actually, you know, here's a, a question. And it's a long one. So, you know, some, mm-hmm. some of these are long and wordy. <laughs> but the question is, do you know why or have a strong impression as to why you've had an ET abduction contact experience and was it for any of the following? Question mark. And then on these ones where there's multiple drop-down things, I have asked mm-hmm. that question mark that says, please check all those that apply, especially if you've had multiple experiences. So, you know, and then I have this whole list of this gets, you know, it's again, do you know why or have you had a strong impression as to why you've had ET abduction or contact? And on this list are things I'll just, you know, go through some of them. You know, obviously the first one is for the taking of ovum or sperm and for the production of hybrids, you know, mm-hmm. and or for the production of hybrids. That's the first list. Uh, the next one is, you know, to manipulate your genetics. Then I jump down. I'm just going to jump down. Uh, for your care, concern of the environment or for the planet. Um, another one on that list is um, to teach you about specific ET technology, science, language, or math. Um, you know, so those are just some of the things on that list. One of the here's another one on there for your psychic ability or to enhance your psychic ability. You know, so those are just some of the things. Well, there's actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's about twelve or thirteen things on on that drop down list. But I just gave you some of these yeah. now. And um, and then you know, and that seemed rather very you know, et centered, you know, centric, I guess. Um, the next one is, you know, have you seen humans during an otherwise ET abduction who appear to be functioning in some official capacity, not just another abductee practice? And if so, what were they wearing? Please check all those that apply, especially, you know, if you if multiple experiences. So, um, you know, the first thing is human military personnel or people in military uniform. You know, the next one How is about human doctors. Military and doctors. Okay, so you're... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's on the list. That's that's on the list. The next one is, um, you know, human doctors or other medical staff wearing medical attire, you know. And so, and then so here, I'm going to scroll down because I know I have a question on here about... Okay, now I'm going to jump through the ET section and go down to the covert Mm -hmm. human section. The first question on the covert human abduction is, have you seen ETs and covert human or military personnel together in the same human-looking environment, okay? Now, up in the alien yes. ones, I, I said yes in the... Yeah, and the, up in the alien ones, I said in the same alien environment, you know, so that question is up there. This time, it's That's in the same human-looking environment. And then I said the next question, for instance, is have you been abducted by military or otherwise human personnel without any ETs being present, you know? So that's like purely if you've had human without ETs present. Um, and mm-hmm. um, uh, and what's the next one? Let me see. This is this is a very telling one. 
Were you abducted or taken by covert humans but handed over or handed off to ETs at some point during your experience? And then there's a yes or no below that. Um, you know, uh, people have talked to you about underground military uh, in the desert oh, yeah. somewhere. They talk oh, yeah, about yeah, going yeah. on little carts and, and going down below. And uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely. I, in fact, I... In, in my 90 questions, all that stuff is in there. There's questions that have a whole drop-down list of, you know, 20 most common environments shared, and then you, you can check all the environments you've been in, you know. And uh, so, you know, like, like uh, underground military base, underground medical facility, above-ground medical facility, above-ground military base, you know. I mean, those are, all those things are on there. And I realize people with multiple experiences, I mean, I think if I was answering this, what would I check? Well, sometimes something yeah. is, you know, like 20 things in a drop down, and I answer yes to 15 of them, you know. But I'm just yeah. making it, I'm not making it about whether I would answer, I'm making it from all my cases and all my research, and all, you know, and so I'm trying to just cover. And then occasionally when, you know, I'm trying to hit like the top 10 or 20 things most commonly said. But then the last choice on some of the lists is it says other, and there might be a brief, you know, and I say, please briefly explain, and there'll be a little box where someone, you know, if they really have seen an environment other than something on that list. But I really right. tried to account for the things most often seen, so I think it would be rare. But like, one of the questions is, you know, there's questions like, where were you taken from? And questions, where were you taken to? And for, you know, one of the 20 drop-down things for where were you taken to is Mars or Moon because some abductees are certain that's where they went. I mean, I go into, you know, I, I can think of multiple cases of people, everything from, a, you know, Laura Eisenhower to, to, uh, to certainly um, um, I'm pulling a blank, but, well, you know, multiple people yeah. who claim that. Well, it's really strange because I have a best friend, as you, as you probably, I don't know if you know her, but anyway, we won't talk about her specifically. But anyway, uh, one time I offhandedly said we were talking about a abduction we had together, including the recent stuff that's been going on. And I just offhandedly said, you know, have you, you know, the doorway of my other house? I have a house. She mm -hmm. said, I've been to your other house. I said, sir, I went, you've been to my other house? You've seen my house? I have this big house somewhere. She said, yeah, I've been to your house. And I was like, oh, my God, it never occurred to me that she had been, because I've been, I go to this house. It's my mm -hmm. house, though. And it's a big house. And I'm, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm stunned that she remembers being at my house, but it's not here. It doesn't look like this house I'm in right now. And but that mm -hmm. was just something that we discovered just in a conversation about some mm -hmm. very other odd experience that we had together. Yeah. You know, so we maybe you know it, it popped up as an example to what you're saying. If someone says, you know, it, it, now I don't have like I have. Did the experience happen in your same original environment? And then I list like you know at home in a car and place of work or hotel room and you weren't actually taken anywhere. It happened in, you know, happened, they came to you and you weren't taken, but it happened. Um, but then in all the places like of being taken in a covert abduction, I don't have like an, another home. That's interesting. I'd actually not heard that in my cases. That's what but, I'm trying to, um, that's why I brought it up, Melinda, because... But that's I've why on that list I'll have other... Yes. Yeah. 
That's yeah. That's, that's why I have others. So if someone because I they find would check other to somebody. I find a yeah. peculiar thing to say, even and to yeah. actually somebody substantiate what you're saying, just threw me way off. I was like, now what did you I, say? In fairness, I have heard of some rare incidences like that in alien abductions, or a, I should say alien only, as opposed to any that have any covert human involvement. In alien only abductions, I have heard a few cases. Now, there's many stories of people being taken together from multiple places, but they're usually, yeah. they pick up this group, they pick up this group, and both of you are mm-hmm. on board, or whatever, or wherever mm-hmm. they're taking you, usually on board. But... Um, there are a few cases of people feel they were taken to this other person's place. I've heard in, in alien abduction a few, very few accounts of that kind of thing, uh, saying, well, I was in this other person's home or, 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 or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, usually yeah, they're going to pick because, uh... this one up from this house and this one up from this house and you're going to see each other on board. You know, that's more often the case. I know, and I even those are still pretty rare of times when they do that. Now, mass abductions are, are common, but usually they're taking people from a single location. There are mass abductions, obviously, where yes. they take people from multiple locations. I'm part, as you probably well know, and probably some of your listeners, um, I'm one of Yvonne's cases from the Coronado incident. When 15 yeah. people were taken, I'm the majority of them, or a big group of them, we're, we're certainly taken from the Hotel Del Coronado. A big group of them, I think six, seven, five, six people, were taken from the hotel across the street. And then two guys were part of that experience, but they were both taken from their individual homes in the L.A. area, yet they were part of that same experience. They weren't even staying down in, in San Diego. You know? Yeah, Coronado. <laughs> Which you know, is so, so strange because I saw you guys when you came back and you were all weird because nobody knew what happened. And then everybody came to the group. And I I remember saying, you know, you guys look tired and weird. And then we just started mm-hmm. talking about weird stuff. That, and then all of a sudden it blew up. And you guys realized what happened. Yeah. But you had yeah, to compare exactly. notes because individually you can easily forget about a lot of this stuff. Yes, but together, yeah, absolutely. everybody started comparing notes, but I'm telling you, everybody came back looking drained to me, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. a little uh, a little uh, detached, a little odd. Yeah. You know, and then people yeah. started comparing notes, and somebody even found blood on their pillow. It was just like odd. Everybody started mentioning these odd things. And uh, yes, what a yeah. trip to yes. witness that. I wish, uh, well, I yeah, and sometimes, you know, it takes an independent person. You know, I've even had... Um, you know, some abductions where a, a friend or or someone, you know, seeing me the next day were like, are you okay? Something's wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And and maybe I was questioning if something happened, but when they noticed something was up, then I'm like, maybe I need to rethink this. You know, maybe something did happen, you know, because this other person well, can yeah, tell because, something's wrong. Because we don't know if we're being drugged, hypnotized, uh, heard we, a lot of us uh, hear certain tones uh, that may alter uh, our reality and there's like all kinds of stuff going on, but yeah, I think I've had the well, blessing like, of of having some of uh, uh, friendship. Uh, we've been friends for like forty years, so it's been going on with us. And her her husband was added into the mix, and uh, mm-hmm. so we actually witness each other and all this other stuff going on. It's really kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that and that you know that 
certainly happens. It certainly, it, I mean, it's going to sound sick to some people in some way, but it, it helps if you've had an experience where you and others were taken together because then you have other people who remember and you can bounce stuff off of and between you, you you fill in the gaps or like, you know, Yvonne having all those different people and regressing all of them, getting all this cross-correlating data and things that maybe didn't make sense here when suddenly you get these other two people's stories, that other thing makes sense, you know. And that's that's some some real benefit of of mass abduction. And, and and it's so validating and confirming as you as the other abdict key to go, thank God someone else was with me, someone else remembers this, you know, I'm not crazy, you know. Right. Because some things that have happened to me are so outlandish that um when I compare notes, uh she will say, Well yeah, that was the color or she'll come in with a jacket. Oh yeah, that's what was the color, the dark blue and the light group blue. A little bit of a gray yes. blue. You know what I mean? We just discussed it. Okay, because I can tell the difference that people are kind of pulling my leg or kind of imagining things. Because I'll oh, ask sure. somebody a question. Did you see a UFO? And they will go, yeah. I go, oh, can you describe to me what happened? And then they'll go off and say something off the wall. Like, they won't explain any detail. They'll just say, then I saw a light come over here. And then all of a sudden I was looking over here. And then I saw a bird. Or that, you know what I mean? It would be kind of like, what the heck? Okay, so when we're talking about this, we'll say, okay, it had a grainy texture. It was flying so smooth and sound that we just go into detail because we're enthralled. You know, we explain every single little detail, even yeah. how it made us feel. Because it's a, it's a, a uh, I have seen any unusual airplanes. They never mm-hmm. make me feel like when I saw a UFO close up. It altered my my brain. You know, I was mm-hmm. looking. My brain was actually thinking. I could feel myself thinking. You can't think. You can't feel your brain think. But I did when I was watching it. It was like looking mm-hmm. for where does this fit? You know what I sure. mean? Before, so mm-hmm. you know, this is important stuff because I think it's affected us. And I think it's affected. I know it's affected our society. It's affected us. This has been going on years and years and years. You know, but why are they? Um, Okay, okay, you're saying they're for genetics and stuff like that. So there is a time mm-hmm. where you can no longer have genetics. And I thought when that happened, they'll leave me alone because I have completely hated this this whole time. I fought it. I felt abused. That's why I ended up in a, a support group. I wrote a letter to Harvard to Dr. Mack, and he gave me uh, Yvonne's mm-hmm. information. That's how I started. You know, that's mm-hmm. how it happened. And um, the suffering and the fear that I used to feel, it's gotten so much better, believe me. You know, because of mm-hmm. uh, the group and having the support of people like you and everybody else, uh, mm-hmm. it really mm-hmm. helps me. You know, but but it ha- isn't gone. Now, Steve yeah. Colburn told me he said it's not gone because you're one of the level something somethings. I went, what do you mean? He says it's forever. I went, oh yeah, yeah. great, thanks. Now I'll go. Well, same with that. me. I mean, because I believe it's... in freedom. I love my freedom. I'm telling you, I yeah. cherish freedom. You know, I cherish being free to do whatever the hell you want. This you're not yeah. free really. You're you're tethered to them. Yeah, it, I don't and think that's and right. and that's true. I mean, I agree. I mean, I know y- you can stop change and alter an experience by having extreme you know consciousness in it. And I have stopped experiences at the beginning, but it it required my becoming you know at that point where I could be really conscious and not in fear. 
and conscious at the beginning to say no, you know, and, and that other people have done that, but it doesn't mean they're not going to come back. And whenever okay. abductees say my experiences have stopped, I'm always a little bit suspect. Either. Like, are, did they stop you or you just stop. went in denial or, or they figured out a better way to lock your memory, you know? Because in my experience and in, I think in the majority of abductees, doesn't really stop, like, unfortunately, like you were just saying. Um, but uh, I know, like I said, you know, now some people feel that they've stopped their experiences. Well, maybe, I, again, in an experience I have in the beginning and, and stopped it. But but it doesn't, you know, it's still, stuff still happens to me. It happens less. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there were periods in my life where maybe I, my eggs were real, you know, vital. And so they were taking me a lot. And um, and now when I'm having stuff happen, it doesn't seem to, it's not for that reason. Now I'm not fully menopausal yet, but um, it doesn't seem that it's about that. If I have something happen now, and it happens a lot less, I can go years between experiences now. Um, and but it but I always you know I would I would be foolhardy to think oh it'll never happen again. I, I don't worry about it. There's nothing I can do about it. And luckily, you know, I'm always returned in one piece, relatively unharmed. Some of the experiences yeah. have been traumatic. Some of them not so bad. I've had a mix. And, you know, and uh, and, and I'm returned. Uh, I had a very intense experience uh, a year ago. Um, August 11th of last year, actually driving home from the Contact in the Desert conference, driving home from California, coming back towards Phoenix, and then, you know, to Sedona. And um, I had a significant period of missing time while driving home. I've kind of narrowed it down to the most likely portion of the drive where it happened, because I know one point when I stopped and another point that I stopped. And when I hit this other point, I thought it was closer to Phoenix than I was, and it turns out I was still an hour and a half outside of Phoenix, and I realized I should have, as it is, I got to that point later. So I figured I'm missing about two, two and a half hours of missing time. And at this year's Contact in the Desert Conference, which was just a mm-hmm. month ago, Yvonne yeah. did a, a really wonderful group regression um, for a large audience. And, and it was real subtle, and don't anyone jump on her about it, because she had consulted with a number of people before doing so, other people, um, other abduction therapists and other and some past life therapists and stuff to get a good sense of how to do it. I think she did it beautifully. I hope she does it again. I think it was nice. well handled, well done. And um and people who were ready to recall something in the audience did. It was brief. Um probably she only had it under for I'd have to ask her how long. Ten, maybe twenty minutes most. Ten to twenty minutes, something like that. And uh, but I did go back and recall what had happened during that particular uh, experience um, driving home. And there had been an experience in 1990 when I've been shown hybrid children three times. And one of them, I had like a bad reaction to seeing the child at the time. It was much more ET looking than human. And I felt it was a young girl of about five or six years old, and I turned away from her. And I always had extreme guilt my whole life that I turn away from my own child, you know. Yeah. And and I always felt badly about it. 
And they took her out of the room very quickly, determining that something was wrong or upsetting me or maybe not to upset her or both, you know, so they took her out. And I I was in such shock, I couldn't even, I wanted to yell out, stop, wait, bring her back. But I was in such shock, I didn't do that. And I always felt very bad about it. Well, here in the experience last August, they showed her to me. Except for now she's wow. an adult of about 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And I knew as soon as they brought her in the room, I knew it was her. I recognized her from before, or at least I highly suspected because it looked like she would look the right age. And then they said, this is her. We want you to see she's okay. She's fine. She's, you know, developed well, healthy, you know. And I just was crying my eyes out. And poor Yvonne, she's (laughs) she's up on a platform, a little little stage there at Contact Mm -hmm. in the Desert. And and, and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she can see that I'm crying my eyes out. I don't, you know, I guess I was sitting like three rows back or whatever, and I guess it stuck out. And uh, so after the rush, she's like, Melinda, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. But And I'm like, you could tell. She goes, oh, I could tell you were crying. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But it was really it was really emotional when they showed her to me. Yeah, it well, was. It was because beautiful. Because I had, you know, the same thing. Well, I was at my house. My best friend was there. But they showed me one of my children, and he was tall, thick, dark hair, very thin. And I looked at him. I rejected him. I said, well, he's already grown up. Why are you showing him to me? And as soon as I said that, I felt horrible. Mm-hmm. And I woke up right away. You know what I mean? Because I was like, oh, oh God. I got, cause this is, this was uh, in a dream format, but I'm really, really there, I think. Anyway, yeah. I felt so guilty. And I, and I said subconsciously, I'll never turn you away again. I'm sorry. You know, because mm-hmm. they showed me many of my babies at different ages and then kids and then older ones. But this guy was a full-grown kid and mm-hmm. uh, very tall, very thin. I never knew any of my – I knew he was mine, though. I never knew any of my kids mm-hmm. were dark-haired like that or, or thin mm-hmm. like that. And uh, I felt really immediate horror and shame that I rejected him because I didn't really yeah. – the way I was, I was cold. I went, well, Charlene, I, mean, I can old. totally – I totally relate because that's weird? exactly what happened to me. It's weird that and they I were felt saying this stuff. So ashamed. Yeah. Well, that's, this is where it helps in support groups, people. You know, if you're out there and you've yes, had experiences, right. find some other people to meet with because, you know, my thing that helped Charlene because she had something similar and vice versa. I just was very yeah. lucky that I, much later in life here, you know, you know <laughs> 25 years later, got shown her again, you know, but they yes. but they were like, you know, it was time, you were ready, they told me that in the experience, and and we wanted you to know she was okay and everything was fine. In that, in the same experience from last August, not that the whole thing was all, you know, fluffy and butterflies, they also mm-hmm. took a big scoop mark out of my leg in the experience, and the next day, I had a big, fresh, new scoop mark, but when they took it in the mm-hmm. experience, and in that little regression, and I should maybe get regression further over that as in that brief one, but when they took the scoop mark, they said they needed the material for her. There was something going on with her genetically where they needed new genetic material from me to strengthen her, mm. whatever. She needed it. And they said, she needs this. So that's why we're taking this. And they and then they said, we're going to keep some on, I think they said like on file, or at least that's how I interpret it, that they're going to keep some like on file for me 
as because there was something going on with her aging process. So they needed fresh genetic material from me to assist somehow in her aging process. Like maybe there was something wrong with the way she was aging. And then mm-hmm. they said, we're going to keep some for you. So as you age, in the event you have anything wrong, we will have your genetics now. You know, we have, you know, wow. strong, healthy genetics you know, and material from you now. That's that's nice. That's nice of them. Yeah. But yeah, that was really nice. And so I'm hoping I'm a, I'm as I get older that they're going to help me out. I'm a forensic therapist. And what I see here is people are talking about these little details that are absent from a liar. I mean, we could just we could say it a million times. Ask me any way you want to ask me. I'm going to tell you the same thing. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I've done oh, yeah. this, I've done this, I've done this. This is why I talked about this. And this is not, you know, some shady uh, little uh, ghost of reflection. We're having yeah. these real experiences about our real genetic children, you know. And I've had, yeah. a, I have a lot of them. I have, I personally have a lot of them. And that was very overwhelming to me. One one time, I had almost a mental collapse thinking of how many I I had, you know. And uh, you know, Jesse, do you ever met Jesse? Yeah. Of course. Okay, so I was just going to bring him up. Jesse, Jesse Long had like yes, 12 yes. times presented. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But he's, he calculated he has about, uh, you know, a huge number of children. And so do I, and much like many more than him. But we spoke about our grief that we didn't couldn't have yes. them as he stay with them. And uh, this is just not made up stuff. This is really happening. You know, You're right. And, when, uh, I think you just said it when you said grief. It's that emotional reaction. Other abductees, yeah. like no other abductees, since they start talking to them, because there's that visceral, emotional thing. Yeah. And and it that's what tells an abductee this was real. It's that emotional part component. And exactly. uh, and I think the therapist. I mean, Yvonne could probably say this, and Barbara Lamb, yeah. and and Kathleen Martin, everyone. You know that that. At that in wheel sprinkle, whatever you know, but they could all probably say, you know, when it's they they know because the person has that deep emotion about it. You know, er, earlier in talking about the covert experiences, you had mentioned yeah. about being drugged or drugs and stuff. You know, and and it's um, that's one of the questions I have. I'm just I I'll, I'll go back to it now because you had brought it up. Yeah. You had mentioned it in relationship. To abductions and the way and the feeling, and you had mentioned a couple of different things. Everything from you know needle or injection to to the way that they controlled you or your mind or whatever you know. And so it made me think of of I should look at that question that I have. So I'll read this one, and it's actually question number thirty one on my questionnaire. It says, "Were any of the following?" Oh no, that's no, that's medical procedures. Here's the drug one. Sorry, that's a medical procedures question. But the next one. So this is specifically in the covert ops abduction. It, the question is, were you drugged in your covert human experience? And if so, by which of the following methods? And again, I said, please check all those that apply, especially if multiple experiences. So this is a short list, but I'll read through them. Syringe and or needle injection. One. Number two, given, or I should say A. And then B is given a chalky or thick fluid to drink. And then I said afterwards, it may have had some color to it. C is given a clear fluid to drink. It may have had some color to it. D is you were given something to eat or swallow other than fluid. E is you inhaled or breathed in something. It's like a gas mask or, or chloroform or whatever, you know. 
Um, F is you were not you were not drugged to the best of your knowledge. So you might have had a military experience, but they didn't drug you. I find that hard to believe, but it's possible. You were not drugged to the best of your knowledge. G is technology was used to influence or control your behavior. And then I have in parentheses, i.e. electronic pulse EMP or EMF, something like that. So like technology was used to control or influence your behavior and the experience. And last but not least, ETs were present in your covert human experience and they controlled or influenced your behavior. Yeah, it's kind of so, fading anyways, out a little that's bit. Anyways, that's to that question. Yeah. Oops, can you hear me? It's, yeah, it was fading out a little bit. It's uh, it's 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 really uh, okay. One one night I was taking in my sleep. Uh, this one I was so livid. I was livid about it. So they took me to this underground hospital, and I knew the ETs were right on my left. I was, but I well, they were out of my sight of range, and I knew that they had drugged me, and I had a feeling that I was given a needle in my head. I know that's an mm-hmm. odd spot because you would think, oh, they shot you in the arm, but I think they shot me in my head, on the top of my head. Anyway, uh, with some long kind of needle thing. And uh, I woke up. My body was paralyzed, but I was staring at the doctor. I was actually trying to read his badge. And he was at the end of my bed, and he was startled because I became infuriated because I felt like he was a traitor. Like, how mm-hmm. could you do this to your own people? And that's what I was thinking. If I could get, I was trying to see the name on his badge, and he looked at me, and he went, and he asked, he was talking to the ETs, and that's what Uh I found so bizarre. He was talking to them and saying, can she, uh, I heard him say, can she see me, and and she's looking right at me, and they said, no, she can't move. They were saying, I heard in my mind what they said, but I heard with my ears what he said. Yeah, exactly. they They said back to him. You know, she can't move. I couldn't move, but I could feel. And I was mm-hmm. totally, uh, I can't even express how angry I was at him. Because it really mm-hmm. shocked him because of the look in my eyes. It mm-hmm. was uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, he was startled. I could not get the name on his badge. He wore his badge. Yeah. Well, you know, so, so I guess so they have no people. shame. They could just think, do they just think it's okay to do this to your own people? I guess so. Because weird yep. things are happening all over the planet. You know what I mean? Not just yeah. ET yeah. Well. And your and your crap. and your reaction is so common in, with so many people I've talked to with the covert human involvement. Like they betrayal. all feel like betrayal. They all feel like, yes. how? Why are these people doing this? You know. And everybody says this. I should I should run a list of questions by you. I have at the end of the questionnaire just to see what yeah. you would say, and that okay. would might be interesting for your audience as well. But um um. But that sense of betrayal is not on that list, but maybe I should add it because I do get that from so many people. But um, but a lot of people say, you know, it's bad enough that I have this with the ETs. You know, how dare yeah. these people? And I get that. Exactly. I certainly feel that way. I Or I certainly did. I, I probably still do to some degree, but I certainly did, you know, very much felt that way years ago. And... Uh, and I get that from everyone I talk to, like, how dare they, you know? And, and, and you know, and some abductees have even said in their experience, how dare you to the humans? Like, you know yeah. better, you know? And, um, well, and, boy, and, what are and yet they're involved. Okay, explain that to us, Melinda, because we want to know. Uh, what, who are these people doing this and uh, colluding 
with uh, this alien life? Like, well, who are they? What are they? What are they doing? Like, what are their? What is their life like? Even the aliens or the humans? The humans, because I've seen what okay. they're doing. I wanted they're, to clarify they get on what you meant. White, but... they get on, the humans are getting on these white buses and white planes. I've seen them in my dreams because I've been on the. Yeah. I've been on the planes with them, and they're flying mm-hmm. all around. And, uh, you know, they go about their day like this is business as usual. When you're really tampering with mankind, and I don't know if they've been convinced it's doing it for our own sake, but I, I, don't, I believe in, like, sinking or swimming. Either you're, you're good or not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't like the tampering, yeah. and I don't like the well, lack of freedom. Um, uh, part of me says, you know, the simple answer to your question is I don't really yeah. know what they're doing and why. But yeah. I, but I'll tell you what I figured out from my, both my own experiences and working with so many people who've had this happen, is yeah. the humans involved um, are trying to get a handle on the subject. Um, they, we absolutely have a huge reverse engineering program, and just and and I say this, and and I I said it in in my write up. I think you read. Uh, yeah. That just like they're reverse engineering the technology, they're also reverse engineering abductees. And the reverse engineering the abductees is everything from like what we know about the technology and what can we tell them and aid them in our in our ET experiences. What did we experience with the technology? What do we know about technology? Have we flown or operated a craft or flown or worked a different kind of technology? Do we know about alien math and language and, and, and formulas? And you know, I mean, how much alien information do we know? And so that's one thing, that they're reverse engineering the us as they're getting that kind of information from, our, from questioning us and interrogating about our experiences. They're also literally reverse engineering us and figuring out what, first off, what's different about us genetically? What makes us of interest to the abductees? I mean, not to the abductees, I'm sorry, to the aliens, you know what I meant, but to the extraterrestrials. So what makes us of interest in the extraterrestrials? Is there something unique or different about us genetically? Have the aliens messed with us genetically, altered or changed us in some way? I think most abductees would say, yeah, you know, yeah. but, you know, that. And, uh, and then, um, you know, so, so what do we know about the technology? Um, what do we know about the aliens themselves? How much information has been provided to us? Do we know what their agenda is or their motives are and what they have planned in the future? You know, um, what do the aliens know about our future? That kind of thing. So they're interested in, as an abductee, what do you know about that? Um, what have I covered? I've covered motives, agenda, see technology. Um, um, have 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 you been altered or changed by the aliens uh, mentally? Your intelligence has your intelligence been increased? What is your intelligence level? Does that have something to do with why the aliens are interested in you? Is, what's the genetic component to your intelligence level? That kind of thing. Um, but also, uh, you know, how and how do you mentally process the experiences? How do you deal with it? How do you deal with the aliens? How do you cope? How do you survive? How have you integrated it? Or if you've not integrated it, why? You know, those kinds of things. And then maybe last, and certainly not least, is also uh, the side component. Um, your side, your psychic component. Your, uh, you know, do you do remote viewing, telepathy, telekinesis? You know, any of those clairvoyance. Yeah. To what degree? 
Um, how advanced are you? Did the aliens enhance that in you? Do you do it better with the aliens than on your own? Can you do it on command when you're not with the aliens? You know, this kind of thing. So these are the things that come up consistently, all these different categories, that they're interested in the adjectives. And some, you know, some person it might be they're interested in more for this than the other. Now, in, my, in, the, in the last two years of my research, a rather new development, or really realizing, and you know, probably in 24 years, I've, I've, I've realized this was there all along, but never named it as such. But now realizing they're also, um, uh, I was going to say, um, recruiting the abductees into various covert programs. Everything from becoming super soldiers, to people who do psi stuff for the government or for the covert ops, um, to and and that they have in fact had this recruitment program all along as part of it. Some abductees get used in an ET communication role. Um, some of them have been used in crash retrieval programs. Um, sometimes they're getting information for you to then train individuals in those programs. So maybe they're not using you directly. But a new development is realizing as this has gone on, and some abductees have had you know, 20 years of covert involvement, many of those abductees have been recruited into programs, including even becoming involved in perpetrating these events where they're then part of the team. You know, So some other abductee goes far enough down the road, maybe used for their psi ability and maybe used as a super soldier, maybe used in in technology development stuff, and you know they've been used covertly in these programs. Next thing they know, they're there with part of a pickup team picking up you or me, you know. So um, yeah. and uh, and so that happens. And I've I've come across these cases. Uh, I've had these people share those kinds of experiences with me. Um, I'm no longer surprised when someone says, "Well, yeah, I was." involved in perpetrating an experience, you know. I'm like, yeah, tell me. They're like, you've heard this before? And I'm wow. like, yeah, go ahead and tell me. I've heard wow. this many times, you know. So, um, and so people are recruited, but that's, and, and it can be, the recruitment can be where you're used in these programs, but only in an abduction scenario where they've taken you and you're either drugged or under mind control, you know, where it's against your will or under duress or not with your full, you know, permission or full consciousness. And then some people have been recruited into programs with a full consciousness. You know, I think of people like Clifford Stone being involved in an alien communication role, crash retrieval programs, got recruited because he was an abductee. That's, if you, you know, are familiar with this whole story. I think of uh, um, uh, Dan, um, I'll think of his last name in a second, who wrote Above Black. And I think of his involvement in getting being in the military and getting recruited because he was an abductee in the military to then be in an ET communication role, as an example. So, you know, there's multiples of these. I mean, and I have, you know, those are known cases, and, and, and then I've had other people come and share, you know, the same kind of stuff with me. Um, so, and that's a new development. That's, I mean, I realized it was really all there all along, but finally seeing it like, oh, my God, people are getting recruited into programs, like dawned on me like two years ago. And part of yeah. it was my becoming more aware of what's called the whole super soldier phenomena to go, how does, where does that fit in? What's going on there? And then to understand it further to realize, oh, wait, you know, um, there is this, this connection. And, and then yet some people, you know, again, it's without consciousness that they're used in programs in an abduction 
scenario. So some abductees who are having constant covert involvement realize they're constantly going to work doing a particular project or something. Um, and sometimes you're used just for a little while and then that ends and you're not part of that or you, they didn't like you or whatever, you know, you're not used to that. Uh, um, and, uh, and then sometimes I think they're just checking out this person's abilities and their knowledge. So I think it's both what ticks with you that they're learning from you and they're also learning what ticks with the ETs by questioning you or interrogating you, you know. Right. Well, what about people that cons that say consistently that um, they have positive, because it's something I don't identify with, and so um, it's kind of difficult for me to keep an open mind. So mm -hmm. what about the people that say that they're happy about it and that uh, they are, I'm not going to say that uh, just recently I had my, my first positive experience. I mean, that's out of 60 years, you know what I mean, of whatever. And now I had a positive experience. But how about people that say they have a positive experience with ET? Well, it can. Um, it's just not in my understanding. First off, you know, first off, it can be kind of a not to insult anyone out there. I don't mean to insult, but I'll just use the phrase like kind of a Pollyanna approach of I insist on seeing it all. Okay, yeah. And and same with the same people. Like the people say it's all positive. It, it instantly kind of throws me sometimes when I hear people say it's all really negative. And luckily that's very few. And, but, and same with the real positive mm -hmm. crowd. Most mm -hmm. abductees have a mix. Yes, the experience is traumatic. People always on my tours, you know, people look at my background, look at my videos and stuff, you know, on, mm -hmm. on YouTube. And, and they, even on my bio I have that as an abductee. So it, people who come out, whether they've looked me up or not to, or whatever degree, they're asking me these questions. And... Um, and, you know, so I'm always quick to say, yes, all my experiences were traumatic to various degrees. That's not to say they were all bad. Some that. of my experiences were were not bad, but it was still traumatic to have it. It's still the trauma yeah. of, of taking without my permission against my will. You know, and people say, well, what's in, I've had people on my tours often say, what's the difference between abductee contactee? And I said, well, you know, depending on who you ask and what side of the bed they got on, you're going to get different answers. But I said, generally, in the research community, an abductee didn't, didn't give consent, didn't give permission, is taken either against their will or without their knowledge. There's, there's some objective to, to uh, mask their memory of it. And then a contactee is someone who's supposed to be approached in full consciousness, given a choice, and you have a choice to be involved or not, and you retain full consciousness. I think that still applies. No one likes the term abduction, and, and I think most people like experience or even worse, but, you know, but it's like these terms just fall short. So I think we all kind of have to go, okay, you know, you until to, somebody comes up with it, something better. You know? experiencer because sometimes people get mixed up. What do you mean by abduction? You're kidnapped? Yeah. Oh, no. So I say experience, so then people think, okay, that's interesting. Okay, what's that about? So well, sometimes I'm people say, were you kidnapped? I say, yes. You know? Well, <laughs> well yeah, fact. we are. But yeah. then you have yeah. to describe the, the, whole, yeah. uh, the whole thing. Yeah. I know, I, I hope and I know that this is for the greater benefit of all. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, I uh, came down with some uh, terrible, you know, symptoms. I've had them for 20 years, but... I just thought I had, my doctor said I had arthritis or something like that. And mm -hmm. now I find out I have a thyroid condition. It's called hyperparathyroidism. 
yes, was uh-huh. calcioitis or whatever, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a rare condition. And and people that were exposed to radiation have what I mm-hmm. have. So mm-hmm. I think that um, it has. I, I'm going to recommend like something that. to you that will help with that. And I'm not I'm not a therapist. I'm not a nutritionist. You know, I'm not a holistic expert or anything like that. But something that was recommended to me for similar things that helped me tremendously is turmeric. Yeah, I do. And turmeric. you can get it in a capsule form and take yeah. take turmeric. Since I started taking turmeric, oh. I don't have any of those problems with any of those things anymore. Right. Well, they have uh, I, they found two tumors. So the parathyroid is the size of a grain of rice, but it helps uh-huh. uh, equalize minerals and everything in your body. So mm-hmm. what it does mm-hmm. is demineralize. When it turns into a tumor, it demineralizes your bones. So mm-hmm. this isn't like a simple case of arthritis or whatever they've been trying to tell yeah. me. But it's been still, so, try, so still try turmeric, it, though, because see if it'll help. I, I, I still I recommend do. it. I, oh, you I do? do? Good. Turmeric, I, I'm on all oh, good, good. I'm off sugar. I'm off all whites, no whites, no nothing. I'm serious. Okay. But uh, well, the, the only thing they can do, yeah, I know, because I've taken all these steps. But they have. I have to get surgery. They have to take them out because they're. Ha- I joined two sport groups for it, and uh, because it was just, I'm at the end of my rope with this because I can't do anything, you know. Yeah. And I have so many I'm ideas, and I have so much life to live, and it's just taking all that. Like I, I have energy. I go to work, and then I come back. I mean, that's it. So it's <laughs> like I want to live a different kind of life, and uh, yeah. Uh, that all of this stress, and then I feel that the radiation levels, you know, have affected my, uh, and that I have this, but I found out my mother also has uh, thyroid disease, not the same kind, and that my also my granddaughter has thyroid disease, but not the same kind. So there's mm-hmm. something going on with our endocrine system. I think we're being affected negatively by being near this radiation or whatever it is. What do you think? Yes, and I have often questioned. I don't have any hard evidence of any kind that I've been affected by radiation stuff, but I do have things that I have in the past that made me go, hmm, you know, and and that might explain a few things. Like I said, I'm getting tremendous help from from turmeric, but I didn't get the hyperthyroid thing that you're discussing. I don't. I've never yeah. been diagnosed, nor do I believe thing. I have such a thing. But um, I, I feel yeah. for you, and I certainly hope you're you're doing better. Um, but, um, but, you know, these kinds of things are, are reported with abductees and, um, and, you know, we also, as we get older, things happen in our lives. So is it a a hard life and maybe not always having the best diet or something, you know, or, or or is it genetic, you know, of course, or is it related to my experiences? You know, and some abductees want to blame everything instantly on their, and I'm not saying this about you. I know you wouldn't do such a thing. But yeah. I have, and you and I probably have both met abductees who want to blame everything on that. And I'm like, well, no, you know, and yeah. uh, maybe, that maybe not. But on um, my list. We're talking 25 years later from when I first started having symptoms. I just thought I had arthritis or something. Yeah. You know, but uh, but now, now, but when they said that people that were exposed to the radiation at Chernobyl, that have this, I was like, "What the hell?" And it's like, yeah. This is just you know, another, and this is uh, where this is where these abduction studies, you know, there yeah. needs to be a, a free or or certainly move on to take this on. It, there needs, and and there's other groups doing this, Joe Montaldo and Icar and and other things, but there really needs to be, I think, kind of some 
joining together of these different groups to really try to create a long-term study. Um, well, many many doing. researchers who've been doing, doing, even Yvonne and, and Barbara, and, uh, and I mentioned Leo Sprinkle and stuff, some of these people, and of course many others, there's, all the names aren't coming to me, but, but some of these people, certainly like Leo Sprinkle, and, um, have, have been working with uh, you know, cases for 20, 30, 40 years, you know, certainly before Bud passed. I mean, it's like 40 years of cases. So when you, when you and, and, and if, there was, if there was a kind of a correlation of at least the statistical data, we could come up with something like how many abductees have like long-term effect of, of symptoms related to radiation. You know, exactly. and and to really come up with something that really starts to get some numbers, because people like you and I, who are where we've been ab abductees for a long time, and I might have known this for 24, 25 years now. You know, 25 years, I guess, that I've been an abductee, mm -hmm. and I've had it my whole life. But that's when I learned, and now you know, and I've continued to move forward with it. And I'm like, I'm like, there needs to be kind of this long-term study. And what happens is these organizers kind of try to look at it a little. And then they have infighting, and then they disband, or you know. And it's like, yeah. how do we how do we really get some good data? I mean, like you know, how do they know these things in medical circles? Well, there's a medical community, community medical journals, and you know, and they and they cross correlate data and do statistical reporting, and you know, and exactly. and it goes on and on and on. And so there's an extensive amount of data, and and same with the psychiatric, you know, background mm -hmm. and the psychotherapy background. So it's like you know, we need to start getting some real information, some real numbers exactly. in the abduction background. And then it's, don't you find it's odd that they're all doing that? The M labs, the ETs, they're all doing that. They got they they abduct people to the hospital. They're examining yes. medical, and we're just sitting by, you know, and we don't have our labs done. We don't have our, you know what I mean. That, it's uh it's very frustrating this that this isn't being treated like a real urgent thing and I'm sure this is set up so that we do not treat it like a real thing. Oh you sure. You know that we're sure. not treating well, when, whole, even though we're suffering from the side effects. Yeah. You know cuz yeah. I know well, the whole you, UFO can't, subject. you can't give yourself what I have. I cannot nothing, it has nothing to do which is which is thank God for that. Has nothing to do with what I've done or my diet or whatever. It's, it's yes. specific or whatever. It it could have a genetic component, may have, he says, but yes. not likely. Yes. Uh -huh. Because uh -huh. and then there's it's from being exposed to. I don't know if you looked it up, but radiation and stuff like that. It's just when I yes. read that, I was horrified. I went, I know this is because I was near radiation. You well, again, that that's why I say in the, that in Alabama, that whole carload of ladies were were driving down yes. the the road. Oh, 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 yeah. Well, the, the yeah, that, yeah. It reminds me of them when I when I heard that. I went, and then there's a more subtle yeah. way of being around. That Betty Cash and Vicky Landrum and and their and yes. their or, or Betty Cash's grandson, you know, um, but Betty Cash and Vicky Landrum and the amount of radiation stuff they went through from just witnessing uh, a craft. At that prime, probably not ours, but a retrieved craft we probably had in our, you know, possession, given the the helicopter escorts that it had. And and if you, if anyone out there listening isn't familiar with the Cash Landrum incident, you need to look it up and familiarize yourself. It's a very important, substantial case and has substantial very. evidence. 
And these poor ladies gone through hell, and one of them ended up, you know, dying from her cancer. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I mean, and uh, and because of that experience. But this is this is true in the whole UFO field. You you said it when you were starting to say it's been marginalized on purpose. And yeah. I think there's been a huge, uh, without a doubt, an intelligence operation from the get-go starting probably in the early 40s and probably really moving forward into the 50s, you know, to to marginalize, you know, or late 40s, early 50s for sure. I mean, someone could, I, I could ask Richard Dolan or something about the historical view, but, um, you know, definitely a, a, a program, an intelligence program to marginalize and ridicule the subject so that yeah. people wouldn't ask, wouldn't look, because anyone who asks or look or feels they've seen something or had an experience is instantly marginalized and still now in society. That's getting back to what we were saying about my tours in the beginning. Yeah. That's the biggest, um, not only the biggest obstacle I overcome in the tours, and for as many people go out with me, there's all those people who see my flyer, see my brochure, see the website, see the ads, you know, hear me on a radio program who don't come out with me because they scoff it, you know. And 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 I ask people, stop and ask, why are you scoffing it? What tells yeah. you? Who told you? What told you? What did you read? What did you hear? What's going on in society that tells you, don't look at this, don't pay attention, it's all nonsense. Exactly. Because you need to question that. Interesting. Okay, just just to just let's say you're not looking for ETs, just to go stargazing or just go look yes. what's out there or look at the unusual planes that we have or, you know, just to oh no, just shut it shut off. It's, it is it is odd. You know, it's it's odd. The society is like uh, I'm not saying everybody and everything. I'm just saying it is sort of a subtle way. Of marginalizing people, you know, and I, I rail against it. You know, it's made me angry as I've got. I've always been mad about it, but I've been angry as I've gotten older, you know, because I've, I've just uh, had enough of it. Why aren't we, okay, when somebody comes forward and says, uh, you know, I have this, this, this symptom, and uh, I have an abductee and I have this, 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 why aren't the labs done right away? Why don't why doesn't the doctor step forward and say, you know what, why don't we do your lab to take a look at your endocrine system or if you've been affected yeah. in any way? You know what I mean? Why why don't we just treat it like that? You know yeah. what I mean? Or, or psychiatrically, okay, because you have stress. Because believe me, I went everywhere. I went everywhere well, they told me to go. Even and even because of the Mark, only Dr. Yeah. Mack, I didn't stop at Dr. Mack. I didn't stop at Yvonne. Yeah. The Christmas yeah. Cathedral at one time offered free counseling to abductees. I was over there at the Fritz Cathedral. They gave me yeah. intensive testing, thousands of questions. I don't even know how many. Oh, they said, oh, you're normal. I said, well, well what do you expect? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm the normal in the, in the, I feel like I'm nuts, but I'm normal within whatever the range of normal is. Yeah. You know, I'm considered well, sane, I guess, but yeah, not yeah. up to me. So what I'm telling you is the truth. Why would I lie to you about something so outrageous? Now, come on. Yes, exactly. There's other things I could bring well, up. Well, you know, and, and like you said, why don't the doctors look at that and say, well, why don't we test you? If you even bring this up with the doctors, they'll kind of scoot you out of the office because yeah. they're afraid professionally to to even be open to saying, let's examine a causal thing like that, you know, and yeah. because professionally they can't. 
And that again speaks to the marginalizing of the whole UFO subject and not just abduction. I mean, we got to, you know, we got to get the openness about UFOs going first before we can yeah. even begin to address the openness on abduction. And and meanwhile, you know, in my research, my experiences, and obviously you too, we have this covert involvement. You, like you said, why are these people oh, yeah. involved? And I gave all those things. Well, those sometimes I, I sit and my head kind of spins to think from all the abductees that they're interrogating, questioning, doing follow-up medical, doing sci advanced um, yeah. scientific research of psi abilities, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah. and, and, and then also they're interworking with the aliens because, as we already discussed, many of those experiences, you have humans and aliens in the same environment. You have these covert humans, whoever they are, lab guys, military guys, men in suits, a combination, you know, doctors, whatever they are, in the same presence, as you said, in your room, at your end of your bed, with the ETs. And you think, what do they know? The rest of us are trying to say, yeah. why are the ETs here? What are they doing? What's going on? What are we being used for? You know, why are all these sightings happening? People always ask me on my tour, why are they here all the time? I say, well, Sedona is a hot spot, and I give all the reasons about we have these yeah. energy vortexes here, these uh, highly charged electromagnetic fields, and the, you know, I go into all that. But it's like, you think then these guys involved with the ETs in these underground installations, they have those answers, or at least a lot of them. You know, they yeah, know they that. Oh, sorry, 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 car went by and I didn't hear you. No, uh, well, you know, what I was thinking is where you said that is that the, the place itself where you have gravitated to is very odd in other ways, too. Like, I already know, you know, we know it's a, there's some kind of a vortex thing, but I interviewed um, one of the guys, that, the soldiers that was from that Rendlesham Forest incident? Yes, yes, yes. And remember the one he was, uh, I'm really uh, bad at uh, names because of this. Oh, I can this, tell you. Uh, I know anyway. I, I know okay, the top so, three or four guys real well. Okay, so so I interviewed him, I, and he was saying he started writing down these numbers. And, uh, oh, Jim Tennyson. On the, yeah. Exactly. Jim Tennyson. You're yeah. so smart. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Uh, and I'm just too involved in the star field. Yeah, I love it, but because we need that's what we need you for. We we really need you for for this reason because you you have that accurate information and you actually are very good at communicating and verbalizing things. Oh, right? thank you, I, I appreciate that. More, thank you, I appreciate more, that very much. Uh, tweaked out, but you really are. I really admire you for that. Anyway, he said he was writing down these zeros and O's. I did ask him. I asked him this. I said, when you came near that and you touched that surface. How did it make you feel, and how did it alter his role? He said, have you been a, he said, are you an abductee? I went, yes. He said, because only abductees will ask me a thing like that. He said it was, yeah. I was in a different, he said he was in a different bubble, different time. The reason why I brought it up, so he's writing down these zero, these stash of zeros and all sorts of stuff, right? So then he found out that there actually, what he was writing down was co concordance. And one of coordinates, the concordance yes. he was writing down, coordinates, one of the concordance he was writing down is Sedona. Yes, uh -huh. a, book. a specific out in the middle of nowhere location here in Sedona. In the middle, and he's in England. Yeah. He's an American soldier in England. But yeah. he's, doing, yeah. he's writing these random notes that he's getting from this this uh, exquisite ship when he described it to me. And I said, well, he's, I, ha I didn't have the book yet. I don't, still don't have that book. But anyway, um, he sa I said, okay, we're, we're, when you were near it, was it affecting your time and space? 
And he said, people never ask me this, but but it's because it's happened to me. I know I know yeah. what's going on with him. So yeah. when he was yeah. approaching, he said the time was different inside what he his impression of being in sort of a bubble. He didn't say it was a bubble. Yes. Yeah. But his impression of, and it was a different, it was an hour and a half difference yeah. of what's going on outside of where he was, like in a bubble, and inside. Yeah. So they well, were clocking different I, times. And That's I feel incredible. strongly... I feel strongly, and I've I've interviewed the guys. I've interviewed Larry Warren extensively, oh, and I've talked amazing. to Linda Moulton Howe, and Linda Moulton Howe and, and I and his notes on it. Oh, yeah, and God, Peter, uh-huh. right yeah, 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 Peter and Larry, and of course uh, then John Burroughs and Jim Peniston, and um, yes. and of course uh, Colonel Hall, and then then others who have not come forward like they have. Um, okay. But what I'm getting back to is, and I know that Linda Moulton Howe agrees with me. We've talked about this extensively. The first and second night of the Rendlesham event included abduction. That there, uh, certainly I've the second night and probably the first night too. Um, that the third night there was a MyLab event uh, at the base, and and definitely a couple of weeks later there was another MyLab event. I believe that there were at least two nights of of alien abduction involved, and and at least three nights. And and even more subsequently over time, but three that I can point to for sure of my lab-related events. And I say that all very strongly. I know that Linda agrees wow. with me. Um, I once I talked to Colonel it, Hall, it must be and true, he at, at, at the it, time that I talked. To, purpose? Go ahead. Because otherwise, well, we well, no, the, well, um, there there was nuclear weapons uh, and storage at that base, and so okay, I think all, right. all the main researchers involved that there was some connection to the nuclear stuff there. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it gets down to why do abductions happen. Also, there's a lot of evidence in Larry Warren's life to show that he had had previous abductions and subsequent prior to that event, that he had had it. So, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jim or John turned out the same way. I think Jim and John, if asked, these things would deny them. But I think there's evidence regarding missing time happening both the first and second night. And um, and I once interviewed Halt privately, and he agreed with me and proceeded to tell me more stuff. Um, I, recently, I apparently he said some very slanderous things about Larry, and I, I need to find a, a recording of that presentation that he recently did and find out what he said and what was going on. Because six years ago, six years ago, he told, or five years ago, he told me some very supportive stuff about Larry. So I don't know why he would change his opinion, but okay, I need to hear what he's saying. Uh, totally different than what he had told me five years ago. But regardless, um, and then um, they definitely had the second night uh, an interrogation where Colonel Halt was present. But then the third night was definitely something more akin to a MyLab-related event. And definitely there was a, an event like two weeks later um, uh, also. And uh, that fit into the typical covert ops involvement kind of abduction scenarios. And, uh, and also some other harassment surveillance stuff in their lives. And, uh, yeah. and I feel very strongly about this. Um, I don't have all the facts. I just have enough anecdotal evidence and things here and there that support it. Uh, Linda, who's much more of a researcher of the whole thing than I am, agrees with me. Um, 
I think Peter Robbins agrees with me. I haven't had an in-depth discussion with Peter Robbins about it, but um, I know his take and everything. And, of course, I've certainly read Left at Eastgate by Peter and Larry. Um, That's right. But I think it's very, very clear to me. And uh, and Linda feels the same way. I mean, she agreed with me on all of those points. So um, I absolutely I think trust these guys and believe them. I, uh, Peter Robbins and Larry Warren, I absolutely trust them and believe them. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can feel when there's a crackpot or a stalker or some kind of person that wants to make money. I always feel that, and I know that's coming down. I don't feel that way with them at all. Oh no, no, like no, 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 that's not that's none something. of these guys' rap whatsoever. Um, yeah, you wouldn't even you uh, if people are are thinking that in any way, uh, they might as well forget yeah. it because these are not that no, kind no. of men. And these no, are not men of integrity and uh, they're yeah. the real deal guys. And and they're uh, trying so to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying to understand. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're really, really trying okay, to understand so. what happened to them. Um, I, I think, um, now Larry had many regressions with Bud Hopkins and worked with Bud for quite a period of time, part of Bud's support groups and everything. Um, case of uh, Jim and John, they both had one initial regression, but it was just for a timeline, just to get the sequence of the first two nights in the timeline. and the events and how they happen at what time, just for clarity. And the person was not exploring any possible alien abduction or any possible missing time, even though there were time anomalies that they couldn't account for, and they all admit that. Um, there's also this thing where the first night after Jim touched the craft and was downloaded with the binary codes that you were just talking about, yeah. when they go back to the base, there's a river, and suddenly they're on the other side of it, and it's an hour and a half later, how did they get on the other side? There's no way to cross it. So how did they get on the other side an hour and a half later? And this kind of thing. So that's what I'm saying. There's all this evidence that suggests that something else happened there. Um, and, and same with the second night. Same with the, the, the second night. And, uh, and, and Larry and Peter wrote about that in the book. Buy the book. Peter Robbins, Larry Warren, buy that book. Left it around the show. Wherever she yeah. get, tell us anyway, buy it. Left it Eastgate. Amazon. Left at Eastgate, thank you. And then, Melinda, you you have a whole thing going on besides your ET. You have your psychic readings and things like that. So, yeah. what's a good? Where's a good place to contact you? Because uh, we're yeah, um, we only have a couple minutes left. Through through the Center for New Age. So, if you go to SedonaNewAgeStore dot com, and uh, and you can so so first off, SedonaNewAgeStore dot com, and you can look me up under the list of psychics, or you can look me up under UFO tours, um, and also, also if you go to ufosightingtours.com, that'll take you directly to my page on on uh, SedonaNewAgeStore.com. The SedonaNewAgeStore.com, ufosightingtours.com, and you can look me up, Melinda Leslie, on Facebook. Yep, as well. And then you could, and you don't have to be in Sedona because she can give you some private readings and things like that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Well, first off, if anyone had a, a a covert ops abduction experience or had or had covert military, covert humans involved in any aspect of your life, um, I'd like to hear about it, and and you can reach me directly. Um, I no charge for talking to you about that, of course. And then I do uh, my psychic readings, which is general information about your life. And then I've, I also have a specialty of mediumship, deceased loved ones. And those things That's I will awesome. do, you know, by appointment. And uh, yes. and I could certainly do a phone reading, absolutely. All right, thank you so much for being with us tonight, Linda. And 
Uh, you're an awesome person. I am just just uh, look up to you with respect and admiration because you just did left and then now the sky's the limit. And I think that you you stepped out even with with that with or without fear, but you did it. And it's it's really amazing. You're a great example to all of us. And oh, uh, thank you, Charlene. Thank you're so, so sweet. I, but I really mean it. But I thank you so much for oh, being you. on tonight. And, okay, and God sure. bless you. Happy trails. And uh, enjoy those sightings. And uh, uh, God well, Charlene, you're gonna care. have to you're gonna have to come to Sedona so I can show you some UFOs. All right, I'm coming. You you come to I'm my coming. Sedona. You'll be my guest. Okay, you you I come, will. Charlene. I'll, I'll take you as my guest. Oh yeah, thank so you. <laughs> okay. And anytime, anytime, anytime you ever want me on the show again, the answer is yes. All right. Yay! Yeah, because we have a bunch of <laughs> topics we didn't even touch on. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So I wish you a good night and uh, happy hunting and uh, love you so much. Take care. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Good night. Okay. So it's just uh, we just run a little bit over, so we're in recording. I'm aware that you can't hear me anymore, but you'll be able to hear this in archives. So follow the links to contact me, and you can leave me a message. You know, you can find me on Facebook, Charlene Simpson McCain, and friend me. And be nice. Remember, be good at all times. Okay, Sean McCain, P.O. Box 980, Hermosa Beach, California, 9254. If you want to reach me with a snail mail, anywhere the show is archived, you can listen to it again. And remember to tell your friends. And uh, I just so appreciate and thank Leslie for being on. And uh, the information is available on the front page of this story. You can also find her on Facebook. And remember, the paranormal and the sacred is a place where the unheard may be heard. And God bless everybody. May your best dreams come true. And may true love live in your heart. And don't worry. Just be happy and uh, be honest. And uh, whatever your experience is, just be your real deal self. Because that's what's being asked of you. Just be you. Just be real. And I support you on that. God bless you. And thank you for listening in. Bye-bye.